Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way back again with you guys for another episode of our series every single day. Monday to Friday, anyway, uh, the Arsenal Agenda series at 9.30am. I'm very happy to be joined by Chris. Hi, mate. Uh, good morning to you. <laughs> that was a nice delay. Mo- <laughs> 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 we usually say good morning as well after that, so you, you caught me out a little bit there. But um, good morning, mate. Good morning to you, Bailey, as well. Good morning to everyone tuning in. Hope everyone's well. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd like to just take this opportunity to apologise to uh, my co-host Bailey, uh, because apparently I'm far too harsh uh, on you, mate. So I, I'm sorry. OK, I'm, I'm really sorry. The apology not accepted, TC. I, <laughs> I, felt, I felt, yeah, disrespected in the last few episodes. And uh, <laughs> the hard <time. laughs> If you didn't good. watch mine and Bailey's transfer insight show yesterday, our transfer discussion show, um, we're we're just back and forth about kind of the strikers that we go for, and there's a comment in the video from the Onyx Lens who says, "Is it just me, or does Tom constantly banter Bailey?" He's up, Tom. We love Bailey. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I would just like to point out this also another comment from George's opinion, uh, who says, "I'm constantly disagreeing with almost everything Bailey says. It's quite impressive." <laughs> you know. Oh, dear me. Plus, I don't like this this organisation. Hold on. There we go. That's better. That's the, I feel back to normal. Now, maybe that's why I messed up the intro. Anyway, lovely stuff. Uh, I hope you're doing well in the chat box, people. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new. This is, of course, our daily Monday to Friday show in which we break down all the latest Arsenal news and a quick chat about everything Arsenal. We're going to kick off today uh, with some interesting news coming out of Italy, uh, claiming that Juventus are no longer considering renewing Dybala's contract uh would you take him Bailey or is he a player that you'd look to avoid uh, my opinion changes on Dybala I think one day I'll take him one day I'm not actually no I wouldn't he's a for me it's a 50-50 signing but it's a free transfer I think that's what makes it so attractive if he cost any money I think it would be an absolute no no deal but the fact that he's there he's available in the free transfer is quite it's like oh shall we do it shall we not but I'd I'd, I'd say no if I had to say yes or no I wouldn't take him simply because I think we can get uh, better options out there. I think we need two strikers that can come in and will be committed to the club. I've seen also reports that, I think it was reports in France that Dybala wants to go to PSG. And for me, that says a lot. I don't think nowadays a player wanting to go to PSG isn't a isn't a good sign. So I don't know if Dybala would be ready to come to the Premier League and ready to compete for Arsenal. But I'm on the fence with Dybala. I'm on the fence. Chris, where do you stand on the little Argentinian? Well, I think, look, if he's, good, if he's there, he's available for free. One of the, you know, best forwards in, in the game, um, then uh, would be silly not to at least consider him, in my opinion. You know, he scored a lot of goals for Juventus. He's been a consistent player for them over the last few years. I know, obviously, Arsenal were apparently initially interested when he was at Palermo. And, uh, you know, look, I think, uh, <laughs> like I said, if, he, if someone of that quality is there um, for potentially nothing, then you've... There are opportunities you've got to look to exploit. Mikel Arteta said that this summer it's the the time to take things to another level, and I think we would be taking the squad to another level, or at least part of it, um, going forward to another level um, with the the addition of Dybala. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not going to happen um, because you you look at a lot of the other clubs that have already got Champions League football, maybe more established in terms of consistency in their leagues and winning silverware uh you you mentioned PSG just then as well so already that's major competition for his signature um uh, and I'm sure 
you know, uh, Arteta and Edu have probably already lined up their targets for that centre forward role. Um, but he certainly fits in to to what we're looking for. You know, we know he's a goal scorer. We know he can play out wide as well. So he's got that versatility that Mikel Arteta loves his players to have. And um, he is a top, top class player. So he would no doubt um, take our take our squad to another level and, and score goals for us. But yeah, in terms of, you know, if it's realistic or not, um, it probably probably not, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I'm of I'm I'm split with it because I feel like if it's a case of us bringing in say one striker in the summer and that's going to be a Schick or it's going to be an Isaac or it's going to you know someone who's a proper number nine who can play in that sole role, and you've got the option to say bring in Dybala as someone who can play as a bit of a foil to them <clears throat> as a kind of a backup to them. I think that on a free deal. It certainly is worth doing, especially when you consider his goal and assist record for Juve is is very good. Only last season did he really struggle, and I think that you know with with Ronaldo there, he was always he's always kind of found it difficult with Ronaldo to really kind of nail down those consistent numbers because so much focus as Man United are finding out this season is, is on the Portuguese forward. So I think that he would be an option, but I think there are <clears throat> there are better ones out there than what we've seen uh, so far this season linked to Arsenal. Um, Speaking of strikers, Alexandre Lacazette, I'm very happy to speak with Emmanuel Petit yesterday and we put a piece out talking about his reactions regarding Lacazette and where he felt Arsenal should go with Lacazette, saying that he he thinks that Arsenal should offer Lacazette a new deal. Bailey, do you, do you agree with him? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sticky one because signing two strikers in one window is very tough. Signing one striker on his own is very tough and... Lacazette, for me, I've always said he would be an excellent, excellent backup option, but it depends what Lacazette is willing to accept for a new contract. I'd, I'd keep Lacazette on, a, on another year. I'd keep him for another year so he can focus on bringing mm. another striker in the next year, second striker, and bring a big striker in for the summer. So there's less pressure on bringing on two strikers. So if Lacazette was willing to accept one year, maybe even an extension as well, an option to extend, then I'd do that. But anything more than a year, two years, I wouldn't accept. Three years, I wouldn't accept. We need to move on. But if there's an extra year involved, then I'd consider it. But we do need new strikers. I think we do need fresh ideas up front. So if we are able to sign two strikers, then I'd say no. But as I said, a year, yeah. Chris, would you be looking to extend his contract? Is it dependent upon what we do in the summer? Or are you very much down the line of thinking we need to move on from, from him? Look, I think if we can extend his contract and keep him, I, I totally agree with what Bailey was saying there, by the way. If it's a, a short-term deal um short-term extension for for us to keep him for another year also um while we continue rebuilding the squad adding to the squad then yeah that's fine by me i, I agree with bailey also when he says that he'd be a solid backup option we know he, he does you know help out on the pitch and it, it, his numbers his statistics prove that and he's very important when it comes to how we attack and the build up to our attacks and um, bringing other players involved and um not only that, but he's a clear leader on and off the pitch. And obviously now he's he's going into his 30s. He's, he's got a lot of experience and he brings a lot of experience to the team. And when you already have a, a, a quite a young squad who still a lot of, have a lot of development and, and learning to do along the way, someone like having Lacazette in the squad is, is vitally important. So, um, yeah, if we can agree a short-term extension, then yeah, absolutely, let's go for it. But then... Uh, as Bailey also said, it's a major part's going to be down to the player and whether or not he's he's one. Why are you two grinning like Cheshire cats for in the background? <laughs> what have I, what a... have I said? 
It was just a comment in the chat. It's from Nick Hill. It says, Bailey oh. sounds like a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's he done? I don't know what he's done. Oh, dear. That's cracking up. Oh, no. Anyway. Um... Honestly, our listeners are funny. They've got a sense of humor. We can't help it. You know, they make us giggle. Keep going. Then we're fine. Luck is it. Um, <laughs> that's completely thrown me off that. Um, look, uh, yeah. I, I... I don't even know what I was going to say, TC. Because um, that comment... Look, Lacazette is in a position where he's assisting. He's not scoring regularly. And I look at where we want to go, Chris, and it's clearly to competing for titles and Champions Leagues again. Obviously, we need to take the first step of getting into the top four. But I don't see Lacazette, who is... I think we can all honestly, with the uttermost respect, looking towards his latter years of his career, of which, you know, naturally his output's going to decrease. I don't see him being the player that takes us forwards. I get the positives of him being in the, you know, in the dressing room and what he's like with the younger players. But at the same time, he's a player that you that needs to perform. And I'm not sure that he's going to yeah. be able to do that in the coming and, season. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, he's not going to, he's not going to have the, the levels in him that he's had over the last few years, especially when, you know, now he's in his thirties. He's not, we, we saw it with, I was going to say, we saw it with Aubameyang initially, and now he's obviously on fire for Barcelona where he's had that sort of slight dip. Um, but he's, he's not going to be the Lacazette we signed. He's not going to be the Lacazette, you know, several years back at, at Lyon firing in goals every single week, being a prolific striker. Um, I also think he's changed in his, his playing style over the years, especially at Arsenal, when he's adjusted to the way we play. He's become sort of a different type of, of, of forward, especially with his hold-up, as we all know. Um, but I just think maybe as we, we take this opportunity this summer to continue the rebuild, bring in you know, several more players up front, out wide, in central midfield, maybe at right back as well. Um, and there's an opportunity there to maybe save a bit of money uh, and and have Lacazette as a backup next season, while we bring in a more younger, prolific, talented, you know, and I'm I'm on about a top top class striker here, to to replace a Bamiang and be the regular for Arsenal every week. Then that's fine with me. But what I was going to say before before ba- uh, Bailey was called out as a bad man was that <laughs> um, was that you know is Laka going to want to sit on the bench most weeks behind a younger player? You know, he's getting more game time and has more consistency with his minutes. Probably not. You know, this is probably one of the reasons why he's, he's maybe looking to to move away because he still feels he's got a lot of uh, left in him. He's still got a few more le- years left in the tank and he wants to be playing consistency, consistently somewhere. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, if Laka stays, I think we'll only need one striker um, because Balogun might might then be in the frame a bit more as well. So that gives us three numbers. We know Martinelli can play there if need be. Um, we've been linked with wide players as well who can also play there. So, yeah, but um, obviously if Laka does leave, along with Eddie Nketiah, then we'll we're, we're, we're have to look at two two names at least, without a doubt. Uh, we'll jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying uh, about football specifically. <laughs> Social says no to Lacazette. No, 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 no. No, uh, that's a no, uh, by the way, from from social there regarding keeping him for another year. Uh, scrolling down a little bit more, I know there were some more comments. Uh, Zana says, no from me, love Lacquer, but doesn't justify 180k 
now and uh, do you want to pay that for a cheerleader uh Widi says lacquer is on 182k per week pepe 140 saka uh, and smith row is around 30 to 40k per week why would you even discuss these contracts they are need to be moved on billy says lacquer should only be given a contract if he accepts a one year plus one year option with a lower wage if not we should go for a zapata with a second option with one year left. Jean says, uh, no reason not to do two seasons for Laka. All the points you mentioned plus. Um, we've also got Zhu who says, for me, Lack is very good as backup. Then you look for a sharp striker like an Ozemen or Joao Felix. We also need a number 10 that can bring different things to the party. Uh, right centre-back and recall Saliba. And John says, keep Laka. He is the leader of the team and Nikhil finished off saying love guys and so sorry for throwing you all off we need to move on from Lacazette cannot go down this spiral with every player that shows a slight purple patch so it's quite split I mean there's a lot of different views and opinions on this um and certainly one that we will have to continue discussing towards the end of the season when those contracts will be decided the the final question to ask you guys is obviously we're in the midst of a of an international break and we've currently we've just seen I mean Chris you reported on the story yesterday that Gabriel would be uh, not going away with the Brazilian national side and staying with his family because they're at a period where you know they could be having a new life being brought into the world and so you don't want to be off on the other side of the world uh, while that could be happening and fair play and it's a positive because of course it means that there's no risk of injury for Gabriel playing with Brazil. Um, we've seen Emil Smith-Rowe currently training inside with England's national side because there's an, uh, you know, a little slight worry about his fitness. So that's a little bit of a concern, but fingers crossed he'll be fine and should be able to play the games. But then you've got the risk of getting injured. So, Chris, do you think that this is a, a help or a hinder, the international break? Uh, you know, there's two ways you can look at it, I suppose. Uh, it gives us a bit of a break um, and a chance for, obviously, the players that are still in the country and, and training at Colney an opportunity to freshen up, sharpen up. I mean, I mentioned in that piece yesterday about Gabriel, it's an opportunity for, for Lacazette and Nketiah to maybe sharpen up in front of goal before we head into what are absolutely 10 huge games for the club. Um, but there's, there's still got a lot of players out with their respective countries. I think around 13 in total, including Nuno Tavares with the Portugal under-21s. Um there's always that worry, of course, with you know injuries, um, etc. Especially now, we obviously we have got uh, so many important games coming up. We're in a vital stage of the the, st- the season, a lot at stake. You know, talking about Champions League qualification in particular. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a lot we can do about it. We, that's always been a concern, hasn't it? No matter where you are in the season and how many players are out. Um, representing their countries, picking up injuries has always been a worry um, in the back of your mind. And I'm sure that's something Mikel Arteta is concerned about. But um, we've just got to watch on and keep our fingers crossed that everyone gets through it um, without any problems and everyone's fit and ready to, to go again after the international break because the transition has got to be smooth. You know, with, with the players have got to return in their head and it's got to be 110% focused on the Premier League and on Arsenal and on the upcoming games. There's no opportunities to slip up and, and lose any focus uh, and lose any sort of momentum. You know, that's, that's my only concern with this international break on top of the injuries is that just losing a bit of momentum. Obviously, we've been on a, a good run in the Premier League. Well, obviously, that, that, that victory away at Villa was, was brilliant. Um, leaves the confidence at an all-time high. 
But now the momentum is just going to slow down a bit whilst we go into this international break. And then all of a sudden, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got to fire back up again. Um, but it, that that's what I mean. It's got to be a smooth transition. We've got to fire back up again. Like, there hasn't been an international break, you know. Um, and we just go into the the game against Palace, the next one, I believe. Just got, got to go in that, into that one 110% focused, you know, stick to our game. Um, and hopefully the confidence and the the... The morale, the the form that we've seen happen and and take place over the last few weeks at Arsenal continues despite the international break. So, yeah, mm. um, just hoping for you know a, a quick start again afterwards, and hopefully everyone returns to London Colney injury free. John says we need the international breakaway. We are a small team, a bit of I think in terms of you know the size of the squad, uh, a bit of a break from the pressure of the EPL. Hopefully everyone comes back with no injuries. Do you think that's the focus, Bailey? Do you think you know it's been quite intense? It's been a lot of games back to back, even though we've not had the international or European side of the game to, to focus on. That this is going to give them you know a little bit of a mental break from the pressures of, of playing in this top four race. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so personally. I don't look at it as a hindrance. At all, uh, of course, the risk of injuries is always going to be there. But at the end of the day, players have to play for the international team. And sometimes they can go there, get the confidence to come back an even better player. We've seen this season when we've come back from international breaks, we've actually done OK. So I think we should look at it as a positive. And yeah, the pressure is very high now. It's very intense. And the March international break is usually more friendlies rather than qualifiers, unless you're in the playoffs, of course. So players do have time just to maybe calm down, wind down a little bit and come back to the Premier League they're ready to go for the final stretch of the season. Yeah, I think that you look at what the players we've got going on international break, it is most of our first team squad. Um, there are players that are remaining. Gabriel, we now know is as well. Lacazette, of course, too, is, is staying. Tommy Asu's not gone away. Ramsdale's working on his rehab from his injury. I don't think Leno's gone anywhere because he's obviously not playing and not being called up to Germany. Um, and, and, and that's fine to have a small group of players, but it's also like Martinelli going to Brazil for the first time is great experience for him. That's going to help him develop and grow as, as a player and as a person as well to get that experience of playing with other players and come back having learned under a different coach too with new skills and new things to apply. So there is benefits. Um, obviously, for us as Arsenal fans who prioritise Arsenal over any other kind of football, it can be a bit of a pain. And, you know, waiting for the next Arsenal game is always a bit of a chore, but it is a necessity. And, you know, when the World Cups and the Euros come around, I think we all enjoy them. So it is part of, of what needs to happen. I would say that, you know, international friendlies, you could probably do less of them. Uh, and if you want to make it more competitive, yeah, sure, throw Nations League games in or throw, uh, extend the qualifying period or whatever. But the friendlies, I just find a little bit, you know, not pointless, but pointless. <laughs> it's just the word. Um, we've got a few minutes, so let's uh, let's quickly tackle some questions. Um We'll try and answer as many of them as we can. Uh, Billy says, Chris, with rumours linking us to Ozzyman for 84 million, do you think he's worth that amount of money? <laughs> Well, I think Bailey. Well, I um, <laughs> yeah, I think Bailey uh, thinks he is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, look, uh, we know he's a top quality player. We know he's sort of a, a complete forward. He's got it all. Been a consistent member um, for Napoli over the last couple of seasons. Um, a threat in front of goal. Uh, sort of all the attributes and strengths to to thrive and and, and make it in the Premier League. Eighty four million, however, is a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it depends obviously 
how many strikers Arsenal may need come the end of the season. We obviously touched on that when we were speaking about Lacazette and, and Eddie. If they both leave, then we'll un- undoubtedly need two at least. Um, and I just don't know if Arsenal will splash out something like £84 million when they also know they've, they've probably got to go for someone else. We don't, we'll need to be clever. We know there will be options out there that are good enough uh, and will be good enough that are, are cheaper in the market. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. But if we find ourselves in a situation where we only need to, to bring in one marquee forward and we know, we're, or at least we're confident that they're going to sort of be a game changer for us, they can replace a Bamiyang with ease, they're going to be scoring goals week in, week out, then, uh, you know, paying something like £84 million pounds mm. for Osman, you know, I guess is looks a bit more... Um, understandable, ambitious. if you like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, but we, we, we need to show ambition, I suppose, don't we? I mean, I know, obviously, with that price tag, people think, well, just look how Nicola Pepe turned out. But, um, you know, I think Ozzyman's sort of a different kettle of fish with it here. You know, he's he's, um, he's he's a top quality striker. And ultimately, you know, to get top quality players into your team, you're going to have to pay a lot of money. Um, so yeah we'll have to wait and see on that one and depending on the situation you know I'd be open to it Bailey Weedy Marley says uh, do you think discussing signings like Rashford Calvert-Lewin Origi or Richarlison shows any kind of ambition for a club as big as Arsenal yeah three of those four I would absolutely stay away from Rashford Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison I'd only keep a re- bringing a read because of the free transfer situation and he can for example I find that so oxymoronic that sentence for example <laughs> if we bring in Osimhen for that much money and a read going to free transfer I would not be I would not be too disappointed with that but bringing in Rashford for how much money Ricarlison Everton rejected 80 million from Barcelona before and Dominic Calvert-Lewin I'm not the greatest fan biggest fan of him sorry so I would not be interested in doing that but if any of those were available for example on a real cup price still then maybe I'll consider it but I know the prices will be extortionate for the other three excluding Origi so yeah I would stay away from those type of transfers uh question from Trevor that, that was it uh, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, did correct himself uh, do you think we had signed a striker in January we could have pushed Chelsea Liverpool and for second and third uh, no, uh, not. I don't think we would have necessarily pushed him. I think that the, the issue with the striker situation in January is I don't think we would be able to sign any, any strikers in Jan besides if, say, Vlaovic had chosen Arsenal beyond that level of quality. The ones that you look beyond that would have been your Arta Cabral, your Valt Veghorst, players that were effectively just secondary options to Lacazette. Um, or players that competed with Lacazette didn't really level us up from Lacazette at this specific moment in time. And so if Lacazette gets injured and we miss out on top four, that's when we can have the discussion about whether or not we should have signed a backup striker in January. But in regards to pushing for Chelsea or pushing for Liverpool, I mean, which I just, you know, is is fanciful at best anyway, we would have had to have signed an absolute world-class quality striker that simply was just not around during that window or what you would have had to pay, say, £75 million to activate Isaac's release clause, which even then, as a player who's only scored four league goals this season, doesn't even necessarily guarantee you the ability to push towards that either. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, apologies that we've run out of time, uh, but thank you so much, guys, for uh, being a part of the chat box. As always, do drop a like before you leave. Do go check out our written content. Also, I'm just putting a link in the chat box to go and do your Premier League predictions. Um, I did mine yesterday uh, on the Football London website, and it came out very optimistic. 
Liverpool winning the league on 96, Man City on 94, Chelsea coming third on 89, Arsenal finishing fourth on 79 points, and Spurs coming out uh, a massive 11 points behind us on 68. <laughs> I'm so biased and so optimistic, and I don't care. Uh, but I do recommend you go and uh, and give that a shot yourselves. And uh, yeah, it's see where you see Arsenal and the relegation teams, of course, finishing in the league this season as well. Chris, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show. Always appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Pleasure as always. Thanks, Bailey. Thank you to everyone tuning in. Um, I'm not going to thank you for the, the chat box throwing me off earlier on in the show. But um, <laughs> no, I hope everyone has a great day. Absolutely. Bailey, you're bad man. <laughs> thank you so yeah, much, mate, for me. coming on. <laughs> that's me now. No, thank you guys in the conversation. As always, TC and Chris, thank you too. Absolutely. We'll be back tomorrow morning, but there'll be plenty more content for you on the channel. There should be interesting, a couple of interesting shows for you this afternoon uh, to make sure you've got your notifications turned on for as well. Uh, and you can check out all of our written content, of course, over at football.london. We'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.